In the busyness of today, and today is going to be kind of busy, my prayer is that we don't lose sight of the fact that today is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Last week, as we closed our Palm Sunday service, Carlene Morgan uh, came up and she did the benediction. And she, last week, shared with us about how over at San Diego Rescue Mission, um, she has been leading a discipleship program called Mission Academy. How appropriate for us as being a part of Mission Church, but I'm sure it's because they're called San Diego Rescue Mission. And, um, uh, but vainly, I have just accepted it as my own. <laughs> and through Mission Academy, people have come to know Jesus. Hallelujah. Their lives have been changed and transformed, and many of them have come today to be baptized. And what an amazing celebration that is. We are excited here to host you and have you here. We're excited to hear your testimonies of how God has transformed your lives. And so today... It's going to be kind of a different Easter service than maybe you might be used to. But today may be the start of a great tradition that we have here at Mission Church. Where on Easter Sunday, we celebrate the resurrected Christ with a new tradition of celebrating the resurrection of what Jesus has done in the lives of people through Baptism, And so today, my Easter message is going to focus in on just that very thing, to celebrate the resurrected life of Christ in each of us. Because Easter really is about celebrating Jesus' resurrection from the grave. But today, we also want to celebrate how that one event that happened over 2,000 years ago continues to impact us today. And this is especially impactful as we baptize people in the name of Jesus. And in each of the baptisms that we do today, a beautiful movement happens from death to life. And that's what baptism is all about. Now, something that I know for sure. Many of you here today have already been baptized. You've taken the step already of confessing Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, and you yourself have been baptized. You've experienced the new life that these people who are being baptized today will experience for themselves. And what I want to do is just take a moment to remind you what Romans chapter 6, verse 3 to 5 says. Hear the word of the Lord. The Bible tells us, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life, may have a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Church, that's the good news. Somebody, I heard some amens. Who said amen? Thank you. I see that hand. Yeah. We should all be saying amen, right? 
This is why baptism on Easter Sunday makes so much sense. To me, this is Easter in real time, right? This is Easter happening today. The real event of Easter through baptism of the people here today. So, if you have been previously baptized, if you've been previously, just raise your hand real quick. If you've been previously baptized, beautiful. I want to tell you something. You are not, you are not just a spectator today. All right? You hear me? You are not going to be just a spectator today. You have a part to play. Because today, my prayer is that you are reminded and you will be renewed in your own faith by witnessing the baptism of those who are here today. That's your part today. Because Romans chapter 8, 11 tells us this. It tells us that if the Spirit of Christ, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit that lives in you. That's a great word for Easter for us today. If the power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you because you've been baptized, well, he's given life to you already that that life may be lived to the fullest. So today, my prayer is that if you've been baptized today and and, and you've just kind of been humming along, if you've been baptized already and, and, and you just don't have that same excitement as you once did, then today, would you recommit your faith to Jesus? Today, would you draw closer to Jesus again? Because that's your part. Baptism, really, is the obedience for all Christian believers to make a commitment to follow Jesus in the commission that he has already given to us, right? And when he rose again from the grave, Jesus commissioned his disciples and he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So now, go and make disciples of all nations. And then what did he say to do? Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And then he said this, surely I will be with you to the very end. That's the commission that Jesus gave to us after he rose from the grave to obey him and to baptize others. And that is the heart of Easter today. That is what we are going to do. And so Easter celebrates what Jesus did on the cross. He conquered death and he rose from the grave. And it is also for us now to celebrate the transformation that has taken place in those who have been baptized to those who will be baptized today. That Jesus transforms you so that you're no longer the person that you were. You're becoming the person that Jesus has called you to be. And this is what the church is called to do, to live out this commission that Jesus has given to us. And in the same way that Jesus conquered death, there is new life for all who are found in Jesus We know this because in John chapter 3, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, I recently re-watched this on um, the show, The Chosen, and seeing that interaction, oh, 
It brought tears to my eyes. Because this Pharisee comes to Jesus at night and, and he begins a conversation. And this is how it goes. The, now, Pharisee, by the name of Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who have come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And what Jesus does as he talks to Nicodemus, as he tells Nicodemus that there is a new life for those who place their faith in Jesus. Because when you make Jesus your Savior, when you've decided to allow Jesus to be who He is, the Messiah and your Lord, when you have a new relationship with Christ that is growing and you've placed Him in the center of your heart, you know what that makes you? It makes you a child of God. John 1.12 tells us, Yet to all who receive Him, to those who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. And when you are a child of God, you are born again. A new life has been given to you. Just as we read earlier in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And as a child of God, you have this new life. And Jesus calls it being born again. Oh, this is such a joy. And when you see babies come into the world, you see that little baby right there? When, when, when he was brought into the world, your life was changed, right? I see that smile on your face. There's such joy in new life. And that is what it is like when we are new creations in Christ. Oh, the joy. Oh, the joy. And being born again is the first step we take on our journey to eternal life. That's it, right? God took the initiative in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that the initiative was he gave us his one and only son. And whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have this eternal life that begins with being born again. And what I want to make sure that we know is this, that it is Jesus who saves us. And baptism is the outward expression of our inward faith. When we put our faith in Jesus, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 tells us, For it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by any of your works, so no one should boast. Oh, this is the gift of God for us, and this is the, the path to being born again. And I want to be clear about that, that Jesus is what saves us, is who saves us. And our baptism is the outward expression of our inward faith. Baptism is the testimony that Jesus has saved me. Jesus has forgiven me. And Jesus is continuing to transform me into being the person that he would have me to be. 
I'm not the same anymore. I want you to know Jesus accepts us just as we are. But he loves us too much to leave us that way. He wants us to become more and more like him. And so when we accept Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, we put our faith in him. We have sought his forgiveness and his cleansing. And when we repent, Pastor Bob, I don't know where you're at today, but you reminded us at our prayer time on Wednesday that repentance isn't just turning in the opposite direction. Repentance is the sorrowful recognition of our sin. Oh. And when we turn away from that and turn to Christ and become more and more like Him, we live into the teaching of what it means to be born again, to have new life in Christ. And that is our first step in our journey to eternal life with Jesus. And so it is in this light that we can proclaim the Easter Sunday what the Apostle Paul proclaimed to the church in Galatia when he said this, I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. Baptism, church, joins our hearts with Jesus in Easter as we are buried with him, as you are plunged into the water in baptism. You're buried with Christ. But as you're pulled out of that water, the power is that you are raised to new life. And so to all those here who have been baptized before, you have experienced this already. Celebrate with those who will be baptized today. Right? Cheer in your heart joyfully, joyfully, Join your hearts so that your baptism will come alive again in you. And for all you who are being baptized today, God bless you as you are being baptized on this Easter Sunday. And know that the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. And He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit that lives. In you. Will you bow your heads as the worship team prepares this next song that was written in light of Romans 8.11 that I just read to you. Father in heaven, today on this Easter Sunday, we celebrate the risen Christ. We celebrate the conquering of death. And we celebrate the fact that you have given us this new life when you told us that we get this wonderful opportunity to be born again as we place our faith in you. And may today, may the baptisms today light a fire in each of us, Lord God, that we too would have that new life in us and that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave would be alive in us today. And bring glory to you in Jesus' name. Can everybody hear me? Good morning. My name is Serenity Wright. I'm 27, and I'll be giving a testimony to you guys. <laughs> um, honestly, I really don't know what to say. Um, I've always thought that a testimony was someone telling 
with someone sharing what has happened or what has went wrong in their life. But I was wrong. It's someone sharing the love of the Lord. It's not about what I went through, but what it's about what God brought me through. Um, whew, I'm nervous, y'all. <laughs> I don't do public speaking. Um, the story, it's about the story of how God has made a breakthrough through each and every one of our lives. It's a story of what God has done for me and what he has done for you. My grandmother raised me from the time that I was in the third grade till she passed away. One thing about my grandmother did was instill the love of the God in us when we were kids. As a child growing up, we went to church every week, like two or three times a week, maybe even more, you know. (laughs) We lived in the church. Sometimes we went more than that. Sundays, Wednesdays, revivals, Easter Sunday, Christmas and New Year's, you name it, we was there. (laughs) If there was a service, definitely I was there. (laughs) Not only just me, but my siblings and cousins as well. If you lived under her roof, you had to be there. I thank her for giving me that firm foundation in Jesus. I'm not perfect, nor will I ever claim to be. I'm a sinner who is covered by the blood of Jesus. Once I got older, I ran from the church, but not because I didn't know, not because Jesus didn't love me, but because I was a sinner and I felt unworthy of the Lord's love. I was depressed and felt unloved, unheard, unwanted, ugly, abandoned, and unworthy, not by God, but by the ones around me. When I was 17 years old, God blessed me with a son, a beautiful little boy. He gave me that one who could give me those things that I felt that I was missing. Two separate things happened to me after that, like months later, but I won't go into detail. I see it now that I, I see it now that it happened because the devil didn't want me to feel and see myself the way that God was wanting me to. He knew that God had plans and a purpose for me. He knew that keeping me in that cycle of mental thoughts and self-doubt, it would keep me from seeing what truly was. I stayed in that cycle for years. I was in two domestic violence relationships. One of them was for about a year. The other was for a year, four years and a half. It was only last year that I had found the strength that God had given me to break from that cycle. I don't know what's worse, domestic violence relationships or the fact that you are broken down to a point where you can't even look in the mirror and recognize yourself. Um, Sorry, I lost my place. The fact that you have no one to run to because you you burn bridges, the ones who love you. I was evicted soon after that relationship started, and my boyfriend at the time was convicted and sent to prison. That was another way God worked in my life to get me away from that. Um, It was like I was in a deep, deep, deep dark hole, crawling and crawling and climbing and clawing, trying to get to the top. But every time I thought I was getting close, the devil would pull me back down. Isolation, isolation, isolation. That's the one, that this alone 
can be a killer. The devil wanted, that's what the devil wanted for me. I know that God will never give you more that you can bear, but sometimes you can bring too much upon yourself. Although he loves us and wants the best for us, we still don't make the best decisions. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. Sometimes we make a bad, a bed that we have to lay in so we can learn. Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we may be free. I am barely starting to reach the top of that hole, not because of anything that I have done on my own. I'm only reaching to the top because I have surrendered my life, letting go and letting God. He will let us hit the bottom so that we may surrender fully, wholeheartedly. To show us that we are loved, we are heard, and we are wanted, and we are beautiful. We are not abandoned, and we are, we are worthy by him. Thank you, Jesus, for this day that was not promised. I just ask that you touch each and every heart in and outside this room. Cover us with your son's precious blood. Open the doors you have for us and close the ones you don't, Lord. Keep us close and show us your love, God. We know you will never forsake us, but I ask that those who are like me, Lord, we ask that you show us who you truly are. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you. Probably need this, right? I'm going to say a quick prayer to hopefully calm my nerves. hope you guys don't mind. If you want to pray with me, please go ahead and bow your heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Um, we just praise you, Lord, and we give you all the honor, all the glory. It's truly a wonderful morning. It's beautiful. The sky is clearing up. The sun's coming out. All these people are here. Your love is great, Lord, and it's in this room. Please, Lord, give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit each and every day, and guide my words today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. So my name is Nicole Kephart. Um, I'm just going to get right into it. I'm a single mother of two boys, a nine-year-old and a four-year-old, Dean and Samuel. After four years of being clean and sober, I, left, I let the devil back into my life and slowly slipped away. Then COVID-19 hit. My world began to crumble. I almost lost my husband and my oldest son. I lost my job, my apartment, five cars, and uh, I almost lost my sanity. After so much loss, I found myself homeless. I went back to drinking and using occasionally. Despite my shortcomings and times of feeling hopeless, I kept God in my heart. My youngest son and I traveled for a while and somehow ended up back in San Diego. We were eventually brought to the San Diego Rescue Mission by a police officer for safety. Had it not been for that officer's persistence, we would not have gotten in that night. I thank God for sending us that angel. I came to the San Diego Rescue Mission a year ago looking for a second chance to get back in touch with God and to set my life back on the path he has for me. This program has helped me out 
has helped me to get out of my own way, become clean and sober again, realign my head and my heart with God, and get back in touch with my oldest son. I remember how God was able to change the channel in my head. Since being at the rescue mission, I've got back in touch with God and fully surrendered my life to him. Thank you. In the future, I hope to complete some college courses to be able to help others with struggling with addiction to get back on their feet. I want to share the good news of God with them as well. I want to thank Jesus for bringing me back time and time again to the Father. And I want to thank my sisters in Christ for giving me a family when I had none and the San Diego Rescue Mission for giving me a chance to live again. God has truly made a wonderful place that restores life. 1 John 5, 11 and 12 says, God has given us eternal life and his life is in his son. The one who has the son has life. The one who does not have the son does not have life. Thank you again for letting me speak and you have a wonderful day. Can everybody hear me? <laughs> All right. My name is Perla Smith, and I grew up with both parents in my life. One older brother, between the ages of 8 and 13, I suffered unmanageable trauma from, my fam- from a family member that no young girl should ever have to suffer. Around age Age 13, I was introduced to meth. For the first time, I felt free from my fears and pain. I was able to numb everything away and concentrate on other things. I didn't have time to feel anything anymore. I was what you called a functioning meth addict. I grew up in a Catholic family, but I didn't go to church, nor did I know who God really was. I believed in God, but in my own way. A few days before my 15th birthday, I suffered another trauma at the hands of an uncle. At this time, I lost what little faith I had in God. I found myself unable to look in the mirror. The only thought that crossed my mind was to end my life. By the time I was 17, I was already taking anxiety and depression medications and, of course, was hooked on my Xanax along with meth. Meth had become my only way of knowing how to move on from my past. At the age of 22, my dad passed away. My mom moved in with my older brother, and I was left alone for the next two years. I found myself in and then leaving a domestic violent situation. I moved away to start a new life, and I did. I became sober, and I went back to school and earned my high school diploma, and earned three scholarships. (laughs) By the end of 2019, I I was the lead medical assistant In 2020, COVID started affecting my work hours and my mental health. My mother passed away in 2021. 
I then started using meth uncontrollably. I carried my mom's ashes with me in a backpack while running the streets. I continued to get high and ended up using fentanyl, which led me to psychosis. I had extreme paranoia and could not trust anybody, not even my own reflection in the mirror. One day, I collapsed, landing me in the hospital with two shattered ankles. That's when I decided to surrender. I spent four months in rehab, being discharged from the hospital with nowhere to go. The hospital recommended the San Diego Rescue Mission. I was physically and mentally exhausted. I knew that very day God was changing my life. I felt God's grace. I will tell you that that is one of the most beautiful feelings I've ever felt. I will never forget that day. I was at the end of me. I asked for a Bible, and right away I received it. As soon as I started reading it, I felt myself getting better each day. I felt like a new person when I came out of isolation. That is when I fully surrendered my life to God, and I knew then he brought me to a place where I was able to find help and healing, and I have. Thank you. Morning, everyone. I'm Abante Redlamudi. It's an honor for me to be here today on the occasion of this baptizing event. I'm so thrilled to be officially a part of God's family. As some of you may know, my dad has also been baptized today. My father, dad, Vibi, and I share the same name, faith, trust in Jesus Christ. As many of you know, my middle name is Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah predicted the coming of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, and all the wonderful things he will bring. Therefore, the name Jeremiah has always been associated with God's promises. In the Bible, God tells us, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to bring you hope and the future. This is what I'm hoping to focus on in my own life as well. I hope to keep faith in God and look to Him for guidance during all times. Thank you for all being here to celebrate this special and joyous day in this life. I appreciate all the love and support. Happy Easter. Glory to God today. If there's no one else, I invite you all to stand as we continue in one last song to sing of how great our Redeemer is and that He truly lives. Amen?
by the resurrection. Go in the joy of Easter.